Welcome back, baseball fans, to another episode of Rounding Third, the baseball podcast. Episode 27 is our second Sunday episode. Looking forward to getting into it. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. James, we are back for another Sunday episode where we do a quick rapid recap of the week, the series that we've seen this week, and we've got a lot more series than we talked about last week since we have a full week of MLB action. we got a good Sunday night baseball game we'll preview and then recap, and some more storylines we'll talk about Jackie Day. Um, should be a good episode. Yeah, Max, I mean, we're back. Full week of baseball, finally got a whole week under our belt getting back into the groove of watching approximately a hundred baseball games a week. It's awesome. Um, you know, it's been a time. So let's start, let's just get right into the recap and let's, let's break down where the state of the league is this week. Yeah, let's do it. Well, this will be much more rapid than last time. Let's do it. I'll start off. We got an interleague matchup Brewers versus Orioles Brewers win the series two one in Baltimore really headlined by a Corbin Burns ace match, ace pitching performance in the rubber match. Seven innings pitched, three hits, no runs, eight Ks. Brewers take the series in Baltimore to open up the week. Keeping it with interleague play, the Rockies completed a two-game sweep of the Texas Rangers. Uh, In game two of that series, Jose Iglesias had a four-hit game. That's, That's what's notable there. Rockies up, looking nice. How about Red Sox going to Detroit to play the Tigers? Red Sox win the series 2-1. A great start from Matt Manning for the Tigers and the one uh, win for Detroit. Javi hits a home run. Torkelson also gets his first big league home run. But the Red Sox looking pretty good. Rafael Devers stay, stays hot. And Kike Hernandez finally getting going after an 0-15 for 15 start to the year. Moving to the American League, we got the West versus the East matchup in which the Oakland Athletics stunned the Tampa Bay Rays, taking three out of the four games. Uh, Oakland dropped 13 runs on the Rays in game one, and Christian Patchy delivered it inside the Parker, showing Oakland that, that the piece that they got out of at least the trade for the Braves may actually pan out. Yeah, really liking Christian Patchy too so far. That inside the parker was good. How about NL East Mets versus the Phillies? It's going to be a big series throughout the year. Mets take this one, though, 2-1 in Philadelphia. Uh, the Phillies' one win was a five-run eighth-inning comeback in game one. Um, so that was tough for Mets fan. But Bryce Harper gets his first home run, and Brandon Nemo goes deep twice in the series. Really good series win for the Mets, who are rolling right now in the NL East. And off the back of that, we have a premier matchup coming out of the American League East. Blue Jays versus the Yankees. This was my favorite series of the week. Uh, it was resulted in a 2-2 tie of the series. Uh, you had a great back-to-back moment as Vladdy opened the series going 4-4 four for four with three home runs and a performance that was well-praised by the Yankees, only to follow it up the next game going 0-4 for four with four strikeouts, proving that even if you are the best, baseball is just hard 
Also notable, Judge gets his first home run on the board, and Yankees pitch two shutouts, and their two wins were shutouts. Back to the NL East, the Braves uh, versus the Nationals in Atlanta. The Braves' early struggles continue. The Nationals take a 2-1 series against the Braves in Atlanta. Michael Franco goes 4-for-5 with a homer in Game 1. The Braves one win. They did put up 16 runs in Game 2. Marcelo Zuna goes deep twice and hits a double. But Game 3, the rubber match, Josiah Gray only allows one hit in five innings. And the Nationals win the series in Atlanta. Atlanta's struggles continue. Following that up, Angels got it done with a 2-0 series victory over the Marlins. In Game 1, Jared Marsh and Joe Adele both had six bags, proving that some of the scrubs may actually be able to compete and uh, help take Shohei to the promised land. How about a big NL West matchup? Uh, the Padres at the San Francisco Giants. The Giants are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Giants win the series 2-1. Uh, game one, Tyler Rogers gets the loss, and his twin brother, Taylor Rogers, gets the save for the Padres. Some fun things there. Logan Webb in the rubber match goes eight great innings, um, showing why he's the ace of that team. Really good looks for the Giants early in the season. And the Ohio matchup. How about this? Guardians versus the Reds. Guardians travel to Cincinnati for a two-game set against Cincinnati. Guardians win 2-0, sweep the short series. Jose Ramirez goes 7 for 9 with 9 RBIs in this two-game set. Owen Miller 5 for 10. Bieber looked good, but it was really the Reds pitching that let them down this series. And following that matchup with two of my favorite teams in the American League, Mariners play the White Sox. White Sox win the series 2-1. to one. Tim Anderson has a very good series, had a three-hit, two-RBI game, and followed it up with a two-hit game. Tim Anderson uh, leading the White Sox in that series. Um, Cubs traveled to Pittsburgh to play the Pirates, uh, and that resulted in a 1-1 tie of the series. Bryant Hayes goes 4-for-4 in their win. And then... Uh, rounding that out, the Dodgers traveled to Minnesota for the first time since 2017. They got the 2-0 uh, series sweep on the Twins. The second which game was the Kershaw perfect seven-inning outing. Uh, unfortunately, no no hitters, no no perfect games. Alex Vesa destroyed it, but the bottom third of the Dodgers lineup was scorching hot for the series. How about Royals versus the Cardinals, the you know classic Kansas City-St. Louis matchup? Only one game was played since the second is postponed, but Cardinals won that in a thriller. Pujols, Arenado go back-to-back. Kisner, it's a big go-ahead three-run shot. And Salvador Perez goes deep twice, but not enough for the Royals. Cardinals get that 1-0 win. How about Astros at the D-backs? Split 1-1 this two-game series. Brantley's two-out RBI in the ninth gets it done for the Astros in the first game. Really tough pitching from Framber Valdez leads to a Kettle Marte walk-off sacrifice fly in Game 2 to give the Diamondbacks the split series against a good Astros team. And finally, back to the Cardinals. The Cardinals at the Brewers, big NL Central matchup. They split the the series 2-2. The series was all about pitching. Brandon Woodruff dominated in Game 1. Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz really looked good in Game 2 and 3. That's good to see from the bottom of the Cardinals rotation. And Arenado stays hot, goes deep, gets a bunch of RBIs. But Brewers win a thriller to avoid the series loss today. Albert hits 681, 19 away from 700. 
Two of the worst clubs in baseball played each other. The Nationals traveled to Pittsburgh uh, and Pirates defended home ground as they won 3-1 to one in the series. Vogelback had a great game. In game one, had a four-hit day with two ribbies, a home run, and eight bags collected. And Phillies coming in the NL East. You had the Phillies playing the Marlins. Marlins also defending their home stadium, taking three of the four games from the Phillies. Jazz Chisholm only played three of the games, looked fantastic, totaled eight bags on the series. Phillies' one win was a 10-run romping, showing that if the Phillies want to win, they're going to have to swing big. How about an AL West matchup? The Los Angeles Angels travel to Texas to play the Rangers for a four-game series, and Angels get it done, win 3-1. The one win for the Rangers comes in Otani's start in Game 1, where Otani really struggled from the mound. Seager gets his first homer of the season. rest of this series was all Angels. Otani goes deep twice in Game 2 and goes deep again in Game 3 in a great pitching performance by Noah Syndergaard. Although in Game 4 today, it's tough. Mike Trout took a ball straight to the hand at the plate. Looked really tough. Had to be taken from the game. Hopefully he's not out for too long. Uh, And Braves versus Padres, we're going to cover that when we talk about Sunday Night Baseball a little later in the show. Uh, Tigers-Royals coming in for an AL Central Classic. Four-game series with Game 4 being postponed today. The Tigers went two for one in the three games. Tolkerson continues his little hot stretch. He had a three-hit, three hits and three RBIs over their two victories. How about heading to Colorado, Coors Field? The Chicago Cubs headed there to play the Rockies, who have been pretty hot starting the season um, six and three. But this, uh, the Rockies win the series two-one. Say Suzuki is looking really good for the Cubs, though. Extended his hit streak to six in game one, sat game two, and got, ended up getting a pinch hit walk, and then went two for three in game three. Although CJ Crone goes deep three times in the series, twice in the rubber match. Rockies looking pretty good to start the season. We'll see if that can stay up. The Reds travel to Los Angeles to open Dodger Stadium. Uh, while today's game is not concluded, the Dodgers are up seven to one in the bottom of the eighth. I'm going to go ahead and call this series early. It is a four-game sweep for LA, meaning the Reds spent the entire week losing. Uh, everyone, everyone looks scorching hot on this Dodgers team. They they have piled on the runs versus the Reds, and Freddie got a warm welcome in game one, uh, getting his first hit and then a crucial RBI where he got the standing ovation, tears at second base. Nice moment for Freddie. Staying with an NL West team, had the D-backs travel to New York, the New York Mets, that is. The Mets defended their home stadium, going two for one, uh, pitching a shutout in game three. Their one loss, Carlos Carrasco's went five-inning pitch scoreless, but the Mets' bullpen could not secure the victory for him. And on the opening day of this series, Jackie Robinson Day, Francisco Lindor, as a switch hitter, hit a home run from both sides of the plate. A pretty cool thing, which sent me on a deep dive, and that happens way more frequently than you would think. How about Twins going to Fenway to open up Fenway Park for the season? The series is actually not over. concludes on Monday the 18th. But right now, the Red Sox are up 2-1. The Twins' bats got hot in the Fenway opener. That's the one game they were able to steal and spoil opening day for Boston fans. The Red Sox bounced back, got homers from Verdugo and Xander in Game 2. 
Michael Walk, a former Cardinal, one of my favorite pitchers, uh, goes deep in Game 3 and leads the Red Sox to a win. A lot of good players still looking good on the Red Sox. And the Yankees travel to Camden Yards to play the Orioles. The Orioles get the series with a 2-1 victory. Uh, Victory one of that in Game 1. Chapman walked in the game-winning run in the bottom of 11. Uh, Mountcastle also had a big series. And to mention, Chapman's uh, walking, having the walk-off walk, if you will, came a day after the appearance where he came out of the bullpen to close the game in Toronto and walked the first three batters he saw. Yankees did end up winning that game, but it was uh, another arm that got the save there. So Chapman, questionable to start the year. Also coming out of that AL East, uh, the Oakland Athletics traveled to the Toronto Blue Jays, Roger Center. Uh, Blue Jays defend it, going two for one in the series. Guriel has a big series, uh, played the most consistent of any of the Blue Jays, had eight bags over the three games with a couple critical RBIs. And I've got these last three series to close it out. How about Giants go to Cleveland to open up progressive field for the New Look Guardians? And Giants just completely spoil it, go sweep the series in Cleveland, going 3-0. Totally dominant performance by the Giants. Really no game was super close. Carlos Rodon back in the AL Central, just destroying Cleveland again. Seven innings pitch, two hits, nine Ks. Jock goes deep, Brandon Crawford goes deep. Everyone performing for the Giants get the sweep. How about a big AL matchup? Rays go to Chicago to play the White Sox. White Sox win the series 2-1. Daniel Cease, who I, or Dylan Cease, who I talked about being my maybe my AL pick, AL Cy Young pick, who wasn't, goes 5.2 innings pitched, one earned run, 8Ks, looked really good. Abreu goes deep in game two for Chicago. Um, but today, to spoil the sweep, the Rays pile on and get a big win in Chicago. Um, but the White Sox still looking good early, win the series 2-1. And finally... Astros versus the Mariners this is a series that is not yet concluded, but currently tied for currently 1-1 in the series. Game one, Adam Frazier for the Mariners looked really good. Four hits, four RBIs, four for five in a Mariners 11-1 win. How about game two? My AL Cy Young pick, Justin Verlander, just looks vintage. Eight innings pitched, three hits, no runs, eight Ks, no walks. Verlander dominates, and the Astros get a win back on the Mariners. And that's it. That concludes the rapid recap for this week. Great week of baseball. Uh, like the speed. A lot of great storylines, a lot of great things we've seen. Um, I think moving into other storylines that we really haven't covered throughout the week. Obviously, on Friday, it was April 15th. Uh, and this April 15th was the 75th anniversary of Jack Roosevelt Robinson breaking the color barrier. Uh, playing the first African-American player to play in Major League Baseball when he made that start for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think this might be one of the best traditions in all of sports every April 15th to celebrate Jackie Robinson Day. Every Major League player puts on the blue 42 on the back of their jersey. Um, Everybody's wearing the blue 42. It's really a great tradition and it's fun to see everybody uh, wearing the 42 and just just everybody coming together for it. Everybody knows how special of a moment it is. And to see that number retired around the league for the rest of the year and then all the all the players to come together for one day to wear it, it's really awesome to see. 
And, you know, there's two things. There's only two numbers in all major sports leagues that are retired across the league. Obviously, Jackie Robinson in Major League Baseball, Wayne Gretzky in NHL hockey. Um, I I think Jackie Robinson's impact is far and above Wayne Gretzky, um, you know, because of the social impacts and stuff. It's off just the field. different, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just totally different reasons for why it's retired. But it really is special when you start to think of, like, the Pee Wee Reese quote right after that game, April 15th, where he broke the color barrier. And he said, well, tomorrow we'll all wear 42 and they can't won't be able to tell us apart. You know, so to see that come into fruition later, and, and it actually started when Ken Griffey Jr., asked Bud Selig, who was the commissioner of baseball, if he could wear that 42 in honor of it. And then they're like, wait, why don't we all wear 42 in honor of it? And now we get one of those special traditions. Um, You know, and it was a really special day. Dodger Stadium, you know, they did a ton. Had his wife out there, the daughters out there. His son was speaking to the team at his statue the whole day. Just just really great day. Um, And it's a special time to kind of remember the roots and, and the trailblazer that was Jackie Robinson and everything that he did for the game and for the United States, the world, just, just progressing. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I really think this might be, I, I won't say the best, but I think it's probably my favorite tradition in sports, you know, that it's really, there's not much like it where one day a year, every team comes together to do one thing to honor one player. It's, and it's really cool. I like that they don't wear like, the, the team's color 42, they all wear the Brooklyn Dodger blue 42 on the back of their jersey, regardless of uh, what team they're playing on. I think that's really cool. Um, well, but well, just one of the best traditions in sports. I will say the, the Brooklyn Dodger 42 was new for this year just because it was 75th anniversary. Uh, it looked beautiful. I did not notice a difference on the Dodgers jersey. Turns out it's the same blue. <laughs> um, but yeah, j- just great event. As we said, you know, there's not too much to say here, but, but I will never get tired of honoring the, the legacy of Jackie Robinson. That is the reason I'm a Dodgers fan. He always will be my favorite athlete, favorite person that has existed. So seeing the rest of the league catch up to me and celebrate always fun. Um, and I think with that, I'd move into a little storyline that I wanted to, touch on in the recap completely slipped my mind uh in one of the rompings that the dodgers performed over the reds hunter green pitched his second game in major league baseball um looked electric he had 39 pitches over 100 miles an hour which is an mlb record uh i mean this kid is going to be disgusting i mean it when you have a starting pitcher you expect you know chapman's going to come out and have numbers like that over one inning i mean he pitched five solid innings throwing 40 100 mile an hour pitches it's insane stuff future's really bright that's a great arm in cincinnati yeah i think it just speaks to the evolution of baseball throughout the years like i remember back in the day when chapman was on the reds and he would throw over 100 and it was like the story of the week when he throws a one-on-one mile an hour pitch once in the ninth and now you have this kid coming up who throws over 139 times in a start um, I, I just hope he's able to stay healthy. You know, we've seen these high-velocity pitchers who throw super fast and th- throw a lot of pitches get hurt because of just the obvious toll it can take on the arm. But he looked good in his first two starts. Um, obviously, the velocity numbers are good, and he's able to get great movement on these pitches. Um, it's tough when you don't have a ton of run support behind you, and you're playing, you know, the Dodgers, which are an incredible lineup. But hopefully he can stay healthy. I don't want to jinx it, but... 
Um, really, really impressive to get 39 pitches over 100 miles an hour. I mean, that's unheard of. It's an MLB record. Yeah, and I think with that, I propose that we move into Spicy and Dicey, one of our Let's great Sunday segments where we will give you a team that we think is scorching hot, a team that is not so much. Max, kick me right off. Who's spicy? Yeah, let me give you my spicy. And I, 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 I'm wondering if I'm going to take yours, but of course you can pivot. But I'm going with who I think is the hottest team in baseball right now, and that's the San Francisco Giants. Um, they are currently 7-2. and two. They're coming off a sweep in Cleveland and a 2-1 series win in San Diego. Um, just looking really good. Logan Webb has been the ace that we know he is. Rodon is an absolute beast right now really fighting for that number one spot. But to have Carlos Rodon as your number two is is amazing. And Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt look like they haven't missed a step since last year. Jock Peterson's been hot recently. Stremski, I mean, all these guys are looking really good. And the San Francisco Giants are going to be a tough matchup once again in the NL West. Give me yours. Who's your spicy? Did I take yours or you got somebody else? You did not take one, but that they were on the short list. Um, my spicy team... I'm going out to New York, the New York Mets. I mean, this is a team you wondered without the ground, what are they going to do? The pitching's been there. Finally, the offense is there. Lindor looks scorching hot. Pete Alonso, he's mashing where you need to be. Mets are 7-3 and three to start the series, you know, and I think this is just a testament to man. This team with Jacob DeGrom is going to be terrifying. It's a matchup no one wants in the playoff if they can keep it healthy. But to me, it's been depth, the pitching depth. It does, you wouldn't even know DeGrom's not playing. If you looked at right. the records, you would have no clue. And for that reason, it's got to be the Mets, in my opinion. They're right there. They're holding that top spot in the NL East for now. I mean, way too early, 10 games in to talk about playoffs. But that's a team who's getting it done. Uh, I will honorable mention – the Dodgers, I don't want to pick them uh, because I don't need to, and it's home base. But they didn't lose a game this week. You're pretty damn hot if you go a whole week and don't lose. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to pick the Cardinals if they won today and got the 3-1 to series win in Milwaukee, but I, they didn't, so I had to avoid it. How about my dicey team? I'm actually going with the team that I think you picked as your spicy team last week, um, who have totally tanked since. That's the Cincinnati Reds, who spent, like you said in the recap, the entire week losing. Lost two in Cleveland, or lost two to Cleveland and Cincy, and then are looking like they're going to get swept to the Dodgers. This team, I mean, to me, it looks like there's just a lot of pitching struggles. Um, they can't find a right guy to put on the mound, and other than Hunter Green, I guess. Um, but really struggling. Tyler Stevenson looks good. Jonathan India is all right. Um, but this team just can't get it going. And maybe it's just that the teams they're playing are putting up fantastic offensive numbers against their pitchers. But this team's really struggling all around, as we expected, and it looks like it's finally catching up to them. Currently, two and seven. Yeah, you know they started kind of hot, as I said. They went spicy uh, and now directly into dicey. Uh, I, I actually <laughs> did want to pick the Reds just so I could have back-to-back weeks with the exact same team being my spicy dicey. I'm going to give myself a swing and a miss on my big board for picking the Reds as spicy, and then they went on to just not win, not interested. Uh, but my dicey team, I got to go with the Texas Rangers. I mean, expectations were low to start the season. They're sitting at two and seven right now on a three game losing streak. And Corey Seager is 
scorching hot. I mean, as you covered, they intentionally walked with the bases loaded to avoid Seager, something we really haven't seen since Barry Bonds. I'm a huge Corey Seager guy. I don't think he deserves that treatment. Like, you know, what are the chances he scores a run or scores two runs in that case? Not super high. But the Rangers, even with their best player scorching hot, are just losing, losing, losing. It looks closer to the team last year um, in terms of their results than than I was expecting. I was hoping that, you know, Simeon and Seager could, could really lift this lineup, and, and that's not the case. Worst record in baseball right now. Yeah, I think that's a good one. The Rangers were up there for me for similar reasons you said. Like, the expectations weren't high, but they also spent a bunch of money, and it doesn't seem like it's panning out quite yet. But that's spicy and dicey. Smother, I wanted to talk about the Twins because, you know, there were some high expectations. They're three and six early. Um, but other than that, seems things seem to be semi-normal. I would I was thinking about the Rockies, too, who started six and three. Um, but I, I think everybody expects that to fizzle out quick. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Rockies could necessarily hit the Dices. They did have a two-game sweep uh, early in the week. So No, yeah, they, I, I was thinking more spicy for the Rockies at 6-3 uh, early, but Okay, we'll I was going to be like, what are, what are we saying here? But, uh, yeah, other honorable mention is the Nats, but we knew they'd be terrible. Right. I feel terrible for Juan Soto. Like, that's just where I'm at. It's just like, damn, like this is giving me, like, LeBron James on the Cleveland Cavs in 07 vibes where you're like, yeah, you could be the best player in the sport, and it just doesn't matter. So, sorry. At least they got to the playoffs. But sorry, Juan Soto. Free my man. Get him out of there. Right. Well, this turns us to Sunday night baseball, which, you know, is always one of the best games of the week and always fun to watch. This is the fourth game in a four-game series between the Braves and the Padres. Currently, the, the Braves are actually up 2-1 in the series. Uh, the Padres' only win was a 12-1 win in Game 1, um, where Musgrove and Machado helped lead the Padres to the win in that game. But ever since, it's been all Atlanta in Games 2 and 3. Um, Duvall had a big hit. Kenley Jansen got his first save in Game 2 in a 5-2 win. And in Game 3, Matt Olson stays strong, gets a home run, and Ian Anderson's sharp. It's 5-2. Tonight, we're previewing... Um, Sunday Night Baseball, and it is a matchup between you Darvish and Bryce Elder on the mound. You Darvish struggled early in the season, um, and Bryce Elder's been okay. He's 1-0, 4-7-6 ERA, but Padres are minus 130 tonight. James, wh- how are you feeling about this game? Well, I'm really excited for the game. I mean, I don't think it's quite the game we had, but, like, there's no game that compares to New York-Boston, which was last week's Sunday Night Baseball, but it's really exciting. You have two of the more exciting and premier clubs in the National League going at it. I'm expecting a lot of offense, a lot of pop. <clears throat> I personally think that the Padres split the series. I think they get the win tonight. Yeah, I like Padres tonight too. Um, I think Udarish has a good pitching performance tonight and bounce back. Um, both teams are 5-5 five and five right now. Um, you know, the Braves have kind of been up and down. You know, we talked about them last week with the tough start in Cincinnati. And they've been able to fight back some wins. And with two wins against the Padres this series, that's pretty good. Um, but a beautiful 64 and sunny, no weather problems. Both teams 5-5. Five and five. I think it's going to be a good game. I, th- I really think this is going to be a good matchup. But as we did last week, we're going to pick one bet. And just to be noted, we both lost our bet last week. I had Judge homers. You had Stanton homers. Neither one hit a homer. 
Um, so maybe we can bounce back this week. James, what's your bet? What's What are you putting your money down on in Sunday Night Baseball? Well, I, I'm getting out of the player prop business because that just didn't treat me well. I, I wanted to kind of take a money line, maybe take a spread, but I didn't like it. What I'm looking at is I think the, the pitching matchup, with the lineups, with the weather, I'm expecting a roaring offensive day from both clubs. I'm smashing the over, over set at eight runs right now. So I'm taking the over at minus 110. I'm expecting at least nine runs scored, if not more. Let's get some offense going for Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, I like it. I'm actually going to go with a line here. I am like you. I'm staying away from the player props this game. That just was a total failure last week. But I'm going with the run line. I'm taking the Padres at minus one and a half at plus 150 odds. Um, I like the, I like you, Darvish, to have a big game tonight. Um, and so I think the uh, the Braves will struggle to score. And I think the Padres might get all over Bryce Elder. So I think the Padres are going to be able to put up some runs and win by over two runs. And at plus 150 odds, I like it. Put up 10 bucks, win 15. Just need the Padres to win by more than a run. I'm going with that tonight. Yeah, I mean, the one thing, I do think Alder gets chased off the mound early, but that Braves bullpen's looked lethal this year. I mean, they are racking people up, so I'm hoping that doesn't hinder my my over. Maybe we just clobber this out one run at a time, one run per inning, and I'm there. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, we will, you know, once again recap it in this same episode here shortly. But, James, are you watching K-Rod tonight or ESPN? I'm sticking with K-Rod, you know, last week K-Rod was great. I do plan on popping it at ESPN at least an inning or two just to check on those play-by-play and how that commentary is going. But to me, the guest on K-Rod and those things, I wouldn't have wanted to miss. I'm considering K-Rod must, must watch Sunday Night Baseball until I feel otherwise. Yeah, I'm going K-Rod too. I didn't watch it last week, but, you know, you talked pretty highly of it, so I'm ready to catch it tonight. But we are moments away from first pitch. Uh, James, I mean, anything else before we kick it to ourselves in about three hours? No, I mean, it's just baseball's really here. Like, it's still a pipe dream. I still very much have, you know, I think it's kind of like distance makes the heart grow fonder, the lockout. I'm like not taking any games for granted. Let's go and excited to jump back on here in a second uh, with our full thoughts on the Sunday night baseball game. Yep, James is over eight runs. I have Padres minus one and a half. Let's see how we did. Talk to you guys now after the game. And welcome back. Uh, post-game, James, the energy's low. Both of our bets once again failed. Pretty tough, to, pretty tough start to the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, as we talked about a little bit earlier with Vlad, like even the best hitters show how hard baseball can be. It's the same way for the big capital J journalist here at Round and Third, the baseball podcast. I mean, betting on regular season baseball is just tough, but it has been an abysmal start. You know, we hope to to send everyone in a better direction, but a big O for two starts for both of us. Yep. So it was a pretty good game. Padres won two one. They got two. Um, they got two runs in the second. Kind of manufactured. It was like a single walk. Then there was the this fielder choice play that was overturned at a play at second, and then um, got two runs in. And then the only runs the Braves scored were uh, was a solo shot by Marcelo Zuna, 
So the they split the series 2-2. Really good pitching performance from you, Darvish, as I predicted, I will say. 6.2 innings pitch, four hits, one run, eight Ks, no walks. Um, but yeah, you bet over eight runs. There was three runs scored. I bet Padres minus one and a half. And it, so if it wasn't for that Ozuna solo shot, I would have got it. But yeah, yeah. one run scored on hit by pitch, one run scored on the, the fielder's choice. That's the game. Quick one. Yeah, I mean, I think your prediction was obviously much closer. I was just completely wrong. Um, and the thing is, the base, the traffic on base was good. There was runners on all the time. You know, circumstances should have been good, but neither team could could close. I haven't looked at the left on base numbers, but I bet it. I mean, it must have been probably double digits for both teams. They runners were always there; they just could not get them in. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm looking now. So the the Braves had four hits. The, the Padres had three hits. Um, the Braves also gave up eight walks to the Padres. So there's another eight base runners there. Um, there was also the Braves did hit somebody and the Padres also hit somebody. Uh, and then there, I, let's see, were there any errors? No errors, but still a ton of base runners, ton of walks given up, but only three runs able to cross the plate. Yeah. You know, I think, unfortunately from my perspective, I would have liked a little more offense and Sunday night baseball. Of course they can't control that. What was nice. It was still a close game locked in all the way to start to finish. Um, my question is for you, first-time experiencer of K-Rod, what are your thoughts? I liked it. I, I will say I turned it off towards the end, like, because they were bringing A-Rod's daughters in, and, like, that during the top of the ninth one-run game, and I was like, like, they were split-screening it with the actual game, and I was like, can we please watch this game? Um, but for the most part, I liked it. You know, they had Stephen Kwan on, who we've talked about. Uh, they had Brett Phillips on, which was good. Mad Dog. Jeff Passan again. So some good guests. And I do like A-Rod's commentary, honestly. Um, so I, I'm a fan. I thought it was good. Maybe not. I, I might not watch it every single week, but I thought overall it was good. I like, again, to me, what what hits is the guests they're bringing. You know, they have the talent. They have the reputations. To me, I'm really there for the guest. I do think A-Rod uh, gets unfairly treated you know his commentary is super criticized it kind of comes back to what i think is the player he was and and all of his controversies there but it's not exceptional commentary but i don't think it's by any means bad biggest drawback i see is like you said they just go split screen too much and it's not like we're going split screen so jeff pazza can break a crazy trade it's like we're going split screen to show you this random graphic that doesn't like tell you they basically said that I like at one point they talked about how GMs and analytic departments are like cost much more now. And it's like, well, versus 20 years ago, it's like, well, well, yeah, I mean, inflation is a thing, but like, yes, R and D. I don't know. It's just like, don't pull me away from the game for that. Like, right, so, right. so I very much see that. And, and of course, you know, the, the daughter's out in a one, one run game. It's like, we got to save that, that, keep that in the can or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, Mad Dog Russo was going insane. I mean, he was losing his mind those first two innings. That was pretty fun stuff. Yeah, that was good. That was a good part. Um, I Yeah, like you said, I mean, I think the guests are the best part. I, I liked when they had Stephen Kwan on. That was cool to hear him talk. And Brett Phillips is always fun. Um, he's always a good guy to have on. And Jeff Passan's good, too. Jeff Passan's just a weird guy, to be honest. But 
He's a very weird guy. But Jeff, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was another good Sunday night baseball game. Uh, I think, you know, you Darvish was the shining spot for the Padres. Elder did, didn't do great. He walked five guys. Um, Matt Olson is just, you know, the one shining spot for the Braves at this point. He went two for four with a double. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I had fun again, another good Sunday night baseball, another good, good broadcast. Unfortunately, we continue to lose money in these games, but it was fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was fun. I think I liked the little tradition having the one Sunday night game, kind of everyone eyes on it. You sit back, you enjoy it. Good. Either. However you see it, it's either a good start to the week or good end of the week. Um, maybe both, but definitely a good tradition. And, uh, Hope we can turn the corner on some of these bets and uh, make some become profitable in the Sunday night baseball industry. But, uh, you know, for now, we'll take what we can get. And again, like you said, if I had to give one one highlight of the game to sum it up, this was a U Darvish performance. A gun, Matt Olson playing like a beast. I mean, quite frankly, it's Freddie Freeman had a four hit game today. But like if you're the Braves, you can't you can miss him as the person but not the production. I'm mean, You've gotten equal, if not more production out of Matt Olson. You just need the rest of the team to also show up. Yeah, but I think they're going to get Acuna back. I, th- I saw early May is the, is the target for that. Um, yeah, good stuff. I mean, I don't, ha- I don't have much more to add. It was a good game. Another good Sunday night baseball broadcast, and it was fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, stay in the loop with us make sure you're following the show so you're not missing any updates you know we post on mondays post on fridays no post on mondays post on thursdays (laughs) uh and then you know we love the interaction on twitter we're sending out clips there highlights uh we'd love to hear your suggestions do you like the way we do pre and post game sunday night baseball anything you want to let us know rounding third now that's rounding three rd now on twitter that's all I've got, you know, excited to get into the season more and uh, we'll be back with you Thursday. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Talk to you guys later.